Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the grow your own food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today, we have Julian Jaquez on the show to talk about his thousand fish aquaponic system, his experience as a self-starter urban farmer, and tips for beginning farmers on how to get started. Julian was born in Bakersfield, California. After graduating from college, he experimented with various entrepreneurial projects and eventually found his niche in urban farming, go man go, and self-sustaining technology. He started his first garden after a year of preparation and was soon motivated to expand his work to include more urban farming projects. He is currently preparing to build a self-sustaining micro farm. Welcome to the show today, Julian. Hello. So I, so I just shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path that you took to get where you're at now? Well, I uh, really don't like working for other people, so I had to find something that I can do where I can uh, take charge on my own. I do jobs and just started getting into business for myself. Then went back to getting a few jobs and <laughs> and uh, just started. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, just up and down, up and down. Oh, I, Nothing I, was fulfilling. Yeah, I hear you. Um, that I, I couldn't work for anybody else either, so I completely understand that. Yeah, you try to do something good for the company, and if it's not for uh, their path that they're taking, they they just shut you out. And perfect. Kind of frustrating. Yeah, perfect. So let's talk about urban farming and how you got to your where you're at in your urban farming adventure. So uh, after that, I just tried to look for something. I researched online what what needs to be done to help anybody and everybody. And seen a lot of problems with food recalls and all that bad stuff of uh, uh, poverty and kids going hungry. And I just wanted to find something that would help. And I started seeing that you guys, like especially yourself, are into the uh, smaller farming and not huge, big, you know, 30, 40, 100 acre farms. Right. And I think that it's possible to make a lot of food in a smaller area. Instead of going square footage, you do cubic feet. Oh, there you, you go. go. to the sky. Oh, oh. Okay. tell us more about the uh, stacking it. You said going toward the sky. Tell us more about that. Well, yeah, vertical farming. I, I saw that people were starting to do tower farms and uh, multi-tier farms. I myself, I started with the multi-tier. I didn't go with tubes going you know straight up uh-huh. I, uh, I did tiers where i put the soil inside uh, rain gutters i've seen somebody do that online 
Oh, nice. So I started doing small uh, vegetables like uh, radishes and, and spinach and mm-hmm. romaine lettuce, and it grew just fine. I can uh, grow it all together. What's not cool is we have gophers. All right. And with, with doing the tear farming, you eliminate the gopher problem entirely. Uh-huh. So now you can do your vegetables without not worrying about going out there and it's, it's gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it got pulled from underground. So once I started doing that, I was really excited that I can get something done. And, and I did it in like maybe a, I think it's like a 200 uh, like cubic foot area. That's what I measured it. Uh-huh. And it was very comfortable. Like I have a few disabilities that I'm getting ready to work on my uh, through my medical stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, this made it a lot easier to, to do gardening. I didn't have to be bent over all the time, right. and, you know, picking weeds and all that. Exactly. So with the multi-tier, I was able to uh, reach it at you know my standing level or just sit on a chair and, and tend to the vegetables like that. Oh, perfect. Julian, if I was to you know walk into your farm and we're, look, we're looking around, can you tell us about it? What does it look like? Do you grow fruit trees? I know you're into aquaponics, so tell us what it physically looked like. Well, I have a, a lot of uh, different ideas that I, I gather from around the world on online, uh-huh. and I just utilize that in my uh, backyard. So every every square footage that was available, I, I looked online and seen what people are doing to be able to fill up those spaces. So we got a few herb trees. We got a whole chili garden area. Uh, along my fence, I grabbed the big rig tires, cut the, cut the uh, sidewalls out, smashed them together, and those are my grow beds instead of using uh, going over and buying wood. Oh, interesting. I did that. Okay. And we did a garden mesh underneath it, and it threw the soil in there, and right there I grew peppers uh-huh. and tomatoes, you know, whatever the season asked for. I take it out and replant new stuff. Uh-huh. On my fence, uh, I got the uh, ring gutters, filled those up, threw more radishes, more oh, lettuce. I got good. chickens, too, and, and they just tear it up whenever. I, I was going to say, that the, have it vertical like that will have the chickens not be uh, getting into it as much, huh? Yeah, the chickens, the dogs, any animal that is a, is a nuisance um, for your garden, mm-hmm. they won't be able to get to it. In the back corner, I have a I have a garden. That was my first garden that I started. It was just on the floor. Then I started doing tiers. Then I expanded it a little more. I threw a, a chicken wire and uh, threw plastic over it to make it a, a, a basically a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And now we're adding in a I added in an aquaponics uh, pond. I got a, I just got a solar power pump that's going to be pumping the water through the uh, through the uh, uh, trellises, and uh, that'll be my that's my new project. Nice. That and got a uh, huge like 45 year old orange tree that I wrapped a, a fence around it uh-huh. and uh, I threw my chickens in there and they just loved living in there. Mm-hmm. So that utilized that orange tree as a chicken coop. And then over on the other corner, I have uh, it's going to be the uh, workshop where we just uh, get gathered together here in the community and neighborhood. Oh, and we can uh, have aquaponics going right there. Yeah. And I also have a grow room. Oh, really? Tell me about so the that, grow room. The grow room was fun. It's fun building it. it it's uh, basically where I start all my seedlings at uh-huh. and uh, do little experiments with different types of lighting. Uh, that's where I started LED lighting in there. Oh, right. Uh-huh. And, uh, and that was really fun. I, I got uh, donated a uh, CO2 gas tank, so I got plants growing in there at a little faster rate. Mm-hmm. And Oh, wow. So CO2 helps them grow. Yeah. If you do it in the right amount, if you do too much, it, it hurts them. If you do too little, it's might as well just breathe in there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> There you go. All right. Fantastic. So I asked you before we started, I said, hey, what is the name of your farm? And you said it was Prosum, P-R-O-S-U-M, Living, right? Yes. Yeah. So can you, and, and 
what I liked about that was the story behind it. So tell me the story behind that, would you? Well, yeah, I was uh, when I started all this and the business plan and everything. I uh, was just trying to look for a name that I felt was something that that can you know catch attention and and be meaningful, not just some name I put together. And I uh, found out that uh, I was going through the whole alphabet of of Latin uh-huh. and found the word possum, and it, it means to to be a benefit, to do good. Which whenever something does something cool or uh-huh. good, we say, hey, that's awesome. And that's actually the root word of, ah. I mean, the Latin origin of awesome is prosum. Oh, nice. How about that? How fantastic yeah, so is that? Prosum living is awesome living. <laughs> cool. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. So in the intro, you said you took a year to prep for your garden. Can you tell me a little bit about that? You know, what were you doing during that year? Just hitting the books and going online and seeing who was full of it or who had it all and just learning learning from everybody online. I really wanted to see if this was the direction I was going to go because I have a lot of businesses before and I just didn't want to jump into something that I thought was going to be cool. And in the end, I'm just, like I said, I'm fulfilled before. So I, I uh, took a few classes, ancillary here and there, and just kept learning, learning, learning until I finally said, you know what, I'm ready to do it. And yeah. I jumped on it. Perfect. So if you could do it over, would you still spend a year preparing or would you have jumped in sooner? If you think about it, I wish I would have just jumped in this right out of college and, oh, and yeah. just uh, been living the life now. But I feel that the path you take is the path you deserve. So Got I it. wouldn't do it any other way. Oh, fantastic. What I learned is is, uh, is key to the way I feel about everything now. Yeah, perfect. So now I wouldn't do it over. So what I like to share with our listeners is, you know, I like to share with them the, the wins, but... Also, the failures, and the failures is where we actually learn a lot, where I learn a lot. So do you have a time that you failed that you'd like to share and how you overcame that failure, what you learned from it? Well, you know, on that, I uh, I got to go with a quote from uh, uh, Thomas Edison. He said, uh, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Oh, very good. Yes. Uh-huh. Every time I have a failure, like you say, I don't I don't consider it a failure. I just, what did I do wrong? Or what, what went wrong in the system? And then... Perfect. Make sure not to let that happen again. Yeah. And don't beat yourself up over it. Yeah. Yeah, that hurt. <laughs> Perfect. So do you have one of those lessons you could share with us? <sighs> yes, a few. Um, but the main one that <laughs> happened recently, <laughs> here in Bakersfield, oh, our uh, temperature fluctuates like crazy. Oh, yes. So one day we'll have 99 degrees, and the next day it'll be 45 and cloudy. Wow. Yeah, and one day uh, we had it 40, I was at 105 degrees. I checked the tank, it was one of my ICB tanks, and I had about 200 fish in there, and they were, they were pretty good size. And I uh, took off to go run an errand for about two hours, mm-hmm. and I, I knew I should have just, oh, excuse me, I knew I should have just checked the, the tanks and the pumps and everything before I leave, because I don't usually like leaving that long. Uh-huh. When I came back, all of the fish were belly up, oh. the pump was dead, and uh, the water was a weird color. Uh-huh. So what I found out was uh, when it, when the temperature is that high, over 100 degrees, the dissolved oxygen is just eliminated once oh, yeah. the, the water is no more, no longer moving. Yep. So that hard lesson was right there was uh, when it's hot, you need you need to pump the oxygen as best as much as you can, even add more if you have to. Yeah. But you got to keep those fish comfortable. Did the did the pump fail? Water, one of the fish. Um, I didn't secure the, the filter part very well. And uh, I guess one of the fish wanted to go in there and make it its home. Yeah. And uh, it got stuck in the pump and just shorted out the uh, the breaker, I guess. Yep. 
Yeah, we had to go flip times. it back, and uh, they, they just all died because it's just stagnant water. Yeah. So uh-huh. I feel my failure right there was just my neglect to double-check everything before I took off. Yep. Uh, yeah. Perfect. So what do you consider one of your biggest successes? Being interviewed by Greg Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate uh, that, but give me another one. <laughs> uh, my greatest successes was uh, after I did the, the year of uh, my uh, self-education. Uh-huh. I put together the business plan and got a few things together, and I set out to look for uh, some funding just uh-huh. so I can get this started. And believe it or not, uh, one of my family members, first person that I talked to, they said, that sounds awesome. How much do you want? I was like, whoa. So I consider that my biggest success to nice. where my plan was so foolproof that the first person I went to go talk to was you know, ecstatic about yeah. wanting to help me help other people. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so what value does urban farming bring to you? Community, healthy uh, living. I feel that we all need this everywhere. Yeah. Uh, food banks, homeless shelters. That's the value of what urban farming brings because you can literally plop a urban farm on the back corner of an asphalt parking lot mm-hmm. or the back corner of your garage. Yep. Back corner of your house, anywhere. Doesn't matter where you're at. Got it. So what drives you? What drives me is uh, now that I'm really deep into this, I see that there's a lot of kids here, especially in my town, mm-hmm. families that go without eating. Oh, yeah. And a lot of them just don't know about urban farming. They don't know about other ways of getting their food other than just going to the grocery store. Uh-huh. And I just feel that if we can get the communities together, we can all give food or help teach these families and these individuals how to make their own food mm-hmm. in, in the space that they have available or just volunteer their time in their local uh, community center that will have this set up in the future. And I hope to be one of those companies and, and uh people that help bring that to them so that we can all you know enjoy a a healthy meal every day and not have to break open a package or canned food or get some uh, day-old bread from the food bank because like myself I've been there too like lost some work and I had to go over there and they give you these vegetables that you know they're like a, a day past good yeah and I don't think that's right I think everybody should deserve to have a delicious healthy fresh not expired yeah fresh uh food yeah and uh if we do this you know it's not going to be a handout anymore it's going to be hand up and oh give people a that's hand up I, me. yeah i love that giving people a hand up not a handout that's what drives me so what projects are you currently working on my main one is my micro farm when we're done with that there's going to be zero waste everything oh, nice. is going to be used for something else inside the farm and all the livestock is going to be pertinent to helping the other livestock and everything's going to help each other from microbes all the way up to, uh, you know, chickens and rabbits. <laughs> Perfect. Why is not having any waste important? What's important about that? If you start having a lot of like fish waste and all that, then you start getting rats and rodents and then you start throwing away stuff in the trash and then now you're just contributing to waste in the landfill. Uh-huh. So if there's a way of doing urban farming without having any waste, that makes all of us look even better when we're trying to push it out there to have other people experience it too. Perfect. And if they see that, they see that we're uh, not contributing to landfills and you know making things stink. Yes. So I'm all about education, and I have to know, is there a book that you've read along the way that's uh, been influential in your life in this arena? I feel that there's no one book that influenced me to, well, you know, that one's kind of expensive. I guess I'll go with the cheaper one. To be honest with you, it, it doesn't matter about the price. If you learn one thing from that one book or this book, 
or another book, that just made that book priceless. Because if it's something that can help you in your technique or your methods that you do, that's going to take away wasted time, maybe wasted money, and just make your system grow a lot better. So, I mean, I feel all books are influential to me. Perfect. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? Don't give up. Whenever it gets hard, (laughs) keep moving forward. There's always a way to do something better, so I find it on the Internet or through your local urban farm shops and anybody else that can give help, especially like podcasts like yourselves or any other websites on the Internet that have been doing it for a while. So what is where I got my info from. Perfect. So what is the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you? Uh, my email. Okay. Crossumliving at gmail.com. P-R-O-S-U-M-L-I-V-I-N-G. And you all know the rest. At gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show and sharing your experience. It's been great having you. We really appreciate it. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.